All right, welcome back to the Sprint the Bay podcast. Uh, today we have a very special guest on the podcast. Uh, when Duncan and I started this podcast, we said if we could have one guest on the podcast, it would be this man. Um, and I think a lot of you will recognise his voice. If you've ever watched Walk on TV, if you've ever been to Oringen or any major competition around the world, you will know the tones of this voice. Uh, it is the voice of orienteering, Pierre Forsberry. Uh, we're very excited to ha- have a sit down with Pierre over in China this year. We talked a bit about uh, how he got into commentary, um, what sort of commentary he does, and the difference between TV commentary and arena speaking. Uh, we talked a bit about orienteering as a sport in general and how that's changed over the years, how the coverage of the sport has changed, how the elite level of the sport has changed as well. Uh, very interesting chat with a very, very interesting man. Uh, you'll find out more by listening, but here it is, our chat with Pierre Forsberry, the voice of orienteering. He's only got 10 seconds to get to the finish if he wants to win the stage. He's going to hold on to yellow. All right, so I'm here with the voice of orienteering. Uh, If you've ever been to a major competition in Europe or around the world or world champs or anything like that, you all have heard his voice. Uh, It's Pierre Forsberry. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're here just after the last stage of the Park World Tour for 2019 in China. Mm. Uh, your first time in China for orienteering as well? Mm, uh, no, not really. Not really? No, I've been here once before, and it was, but it was 17 years ago. Okay, so a bit different. So you, you really can't compare. Yeah, so like it's a, a, different, big, a different country. Almost. Yeah, it's much more modern now, China, yeah. if you compare with how it was at that time, 2002. Yeah. It's a big difference. Everyone was using the bikes at that time. Okay. But now you can see... Electric bikes. Not the single bike. Yeah, no? yeah. Nice. And we have the last round of the World Cup for the first time in, in China. What, how did you think you were, you were commentating for that? How was that? Uh, yeah, I was excited, really. It was the first time as a speaker in, in China. Mm-hmm. I've been abroad a lot uh, for the international competitions you, you mentioned. But it was the very first time in China. And it, it, is, it is a little bit special because the language barrier yeah. is a big, big task, really. Yeah. I guess most of the crowd you're commentating for didn't speak English. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, but but lucky lucky it was that we had uh, the European timekeepers for such, uh, which I know since since before. Yeah. Uh, so it was quite easy. But it is it is pretty pretty much harder if you compare with back home or in Europe yeah. uh, working with orienteering here in China. It is. But and some at the same time it's a big challenge. Yeah. And I like it. And I guess. Maybe some, like, I guess you have all of them like, in the races, the names, a lot of them you'll know, but then these Chinese names mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Did you have to practice the pronunciation? And Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Sort of, I would say. Because I try to pronounce it as best I can, really. And I, I, um, I talked to a Chinese guy before the competition also, so he helped me a little bit with, with mm-hmm. the pronunciation of the better Chinese yeah, runners. Yeah. So yeah. you knew the ones that would be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. And then now, after World Cup, we've come to PWT. Is this your first time working with Yaroslav and the PWT team? Mm, no, Yaroslav and I have been friends for many, many years, okay. really. So I have helped in uh, earlier. Actually, it was Yaroslav who uh, uh, involved me in my first speak job abroad. Really? Ever. Oh. And it was uh, 2000, year 2000. Yeah. JVOC in Czech Republic. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and he, we were living pretty close to each other when I was living in the south part of Sweden. Uh, and we knew each other and he knew that uh, I was a speaker already mm-hmm. then. Uh, 
So uh, he asked me to, to join him to Czech Republic for the J-Book. Yeah. So it was 2000, it was my very first job, international job. And speaking for any sport? Yeah, I yeah. do, yeah. Okay, so I guess that's a good segue we can start. Like, how did you get into speaking as a career? Oh, that's that's a good question. Uh, I started, I'm an orienteer, really. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm raised in an orienteer family in south of Stockholm. Yeah. So I was 15 years old when I uh, took tasks to be a speaker at our local competition south of Stockholm uh, for the Stockholm district, really. Yeah. Uh, and I liked it from the very first moment. Yeah. Uh, and since then, the just getting bigger and bigger jobs. Mm -hmm. So my first big job was Stockholm Marathon. Okay. Uh, only three years later. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did a lot of speaking jobs. I, I, I said yes to all requests I got, mm -hmm. really. To get and the opportunity to be there, to listen to me. And I also made some big experience for every, every weekend. Yeah. I did this. So just like every weekend, another race, oh, speaking. Yeah, yeah. exactly. For no money at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was okay. as a volunteer, but yeah. it was really, really good for me. Yeah, and just yeah. getting better and better and learning and... Yeah, probably. Uh, uh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I think I had some talent somewhere to yeah. uh, to be a speaker. And was I have there, learned a lot during the years also. Yeah. Was there anyone at the time when you were like 15 that was speaking a lot yeah. that you looked up to? Or that you were like, oh, that sounds really uh, Maybe cool. not looked up to, but uh, it was definitely... We, ha we had Kogi Nilsson in Sweden, who mm -hmm. did a lot of the big orienteering event in, in Sweden, such as O-Ring and, and Tiemila. Yeah. So uh, I didn't look up to him, but he had a really good voice, but yeah. we are... We had we, we have a really different style. Okay. A really different style. Yeah. He he was more he came from the military world right. also. Yeah. So, uh, so maybe times more... was very important to yeah. him. It's important to me also, but he didn't know the the runners, the right. persons at yeah. all. Yeah. And okay. that's the biggest difference, I, I believe. Yeah, because I think a lot of like I do quite a lot of commentary back home, and oh. also the other person who runs this podcast, we both do, uh, and we both from hearing you speak and watching you on TV and that's sort of inspired us to, and we take a lot of our things like our little catchphrases and things from what you say and the style of um, mm -hmm. speaking I think is quite similar so it's interesting to see it's not like you don't wake up one day and you're like oh I really want to be a commentator no, but it's no. from hearing it and I think yeah, yeah. that sort of inspiration yeah definitely inspiration uh, that's that's a good word because I think if you, if you want to continue as a speaker and maybe because I make my living from yeah. being a speaker and TV commentator mm -hmm. uh, and that's a big privilege of course but I think you need to find your own style mm. don't copy anyone yeah you must be yourself it's mm -hmm. so important yeah it's extremely important especially in the TV commentator work also you need to be yourself yeah, I don't guess copy anyone because yeah if there's only a very small amount of people in the world that commentate. Oh. And if you're the same as someone else, they'll just choose the other person. Exactly. So you have to stand out yeah. and yeah. be a bit different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. And so then you started with some orienteering events and mm -hmm. local events in Stockholm. Where did you go to from there? Yeah, exactly. And uh, then I, 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 I got bigger and bigger jobs. And Stockholm Marathon was quite big for me at that time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the boss for the Swedish broadcasting company. Mm -hmm was there and uh, he listened to me and uh, he, um, he talked to me afterwards and he was very impressed and he liked my, my, both my style and my voice and everything and he asked me to come to the uh, to Brokhans company, uh, the head office in Stockholm. Uh, yeah. So I tried there and uh, 
I was in the Swedish broadcast company. Okay, on TV? At radio. Radio, okay. So I started as a radio uh, yeah. commentator. For sport? For yeah. sport, yeah, yeah. I've been working for sport in all my life. Yeah, yeah. Nothing else, actually. Okay. So I started there in 1983, mm -hmm. and I stayed for almost 10 years. Uh, Doing various sports? Various sports, but my specialty uh, at that time was cross-country skiing, mm -hmm. uh, very popular in Sweden uh, for the winter, and in summer it was athletics. Okay. So yeah. uh, I worked with uh, Olympics already in 94, yeah. Lillehammer, Atlanta okay. 96, mm -hmm. Nagano 98, Sydney mm -hmm. 2000. And doing commentary for Swedish radio? For Swedish radio, yeah. exactly. So cross-country skiing in the winter games and athletics at the summer games. Yeah. So it was, it was fantastic. It, mm -hmm. was a, it was like a dream. Yeah. And I guess <laughs> maybe obviously orienteering is big in Sweden, but not as big maybe as, as your skiing or your football. How did you... Do the orienteering events more out of passion than for the money? <laughs> uh, yeah, orienteering is, is, is quite big, but it's not big in the media. Yeah. That's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, many people like orienteering and orienteering, you know it also, but it's very, very, it's a big task to get bigger in the media, especially TV, mm -hmm. because we are not that consistent. We, we are showing TV once a year only, maybe like, twice like with the World Cup and Walk. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's not enough. Mm. I mean, you can see Premier League every, every week. Every weekend, yeah. yeah. So it's a big difference. And there, I don't know in the future if it will be any better. Maybe they will show it three or four times per year in Sweden. Yeah. Finland is better okay. in that case. Yeah. Ulle, mm -hmm. the Finnish broadcaster, yeah. are showing much more routine than we do in Sweden, for example. Do you think the like the Swedish Federation is pushing to try and get yeah, 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 they do. They yeah. do. They really do. But it's, but it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. But, it's, but, but at the same time, Swedish television, the public service channel in Sweden, the mm -hmm. biggest, also the most popular, doesn't have any big rights anymore. Okay. No Olympics, not the world champs in athletics. Yeah, athletics they still have. Yeah. But not in ice hockey, popular uh, sports in Sweden, for example. Yeah. So they should be able to show some or orienteering. Mm. But, but is it money or...? I don't think it's that much money because it's not that expensive. Okay. No. Mm. Other rights for, for the orienteering is not that expensive for Swedish television. I think they have to pay 10,000 euro for for all all the competitions from the Walk Week, yeah. for example. Okay. It's not, not that, that much, much money. Yeah, no, yeah. it isn't. Mm. Okay. So what was your first big orienteering competition then? Like first walk or first Oringen that you speak? <laughs> yeah. Uh, as I said, uh, I got bigger and bigger events and bigger and bigger competitions as a speaker and uh, my big breakthrough, it, it was definitely Oringen, which I did for the first time back in 1994. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really my big breakthrough uh, in general in Sweden. Uh, at that time I, I was living up in the north in Skellefteå in Sweden and doing all competitions in, in, in Västerbotten, that district. Yeah every Sunday uh, and this was just the neighbor district south yeah. uh, on Kursvik 94 so I got the job uh, and since then I have been the speaker so I had done it 25 years in a row for Oringen <laughs> yeah <crazy. laughs> it's absolutely crazy and the year after 95 I got the first speaker job uh, at the Swedish champs in orienteering okay and since then uh, I've not done all of them but many many yeah. many yeah so it was at that time yeah. Yeah, it started. So they like you, they keep having you back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sort of. And I uh, also think both the audience and spectators and also mm -hmm. the runners like me because they, they can trust you what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think and they, recognize, so they recognize the voice and yeah. it's 
yeah, feel that's comfortable. Awesome. And yeah, then... definitely. And for rolling in 25 years now, is, yeah. it will be tough for that person who will come after me. Yeah, yeah. Legacy. You've left a legacy. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. So what about Wok? Which one was your first? Uh, my first was uh, Wok was in uh, Sweden 2004. Yeah. Uh, as a speaker. Uh, since then I've done 11, I believe. Okay. Uh, as a speaker or TV? As a speaker. Or uh, no. No TV? No, no TV, but radio. Yeah. Because radio I did 99 in Scotland mm-hmm. uh, and 2001 in, in Finland. Yeah. Uh, at that time I was working for Swedish radio. Okay. So, uh, but I'm not working with TV and uh, VOC. Okay. No. Yeah, there's this clip on YouTube from 2004 Walk, which mm-hmm. you said was your first, with Terry running the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you maybe have seen it, but mm-hmm. yeah, you're calling Terry through the race, and it's like the most iconic video that we all, <laughs> yeah. like back in New Zealand, we, when we have a training, we play it on a speaker ah, for the training okay. and through the forest. And yeah. like, I know one of the New Zealand jail team members has it as his alarm for when he wakes up in the morning. No! It's your voice <laughs> calling Terry in this middle final. Oh, that's, that's cool. And like, yeah, me and my friend, we used to be able to recite it word for word in Swedish, oh. even though we don't know any what the words mean, but <laughs> we could just say it because we listened to it so many times. Uh-huh. And that was like, it's, I mean, obviously Terry winning as well was really, it was like uh, an inspirational was, race. Uh, and it was fantastic to be present in Estonia. Yeah. His, oh, last, okay. His walk last walk. Yeah. And a gold medal once yeah. again in the middle. It Booking was fantastic. And Terry came to me afterwards and said it was so perfect that you were here. Yeah. I bet. Also for him. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. I mean, I it like, was fantastic. I'm sure a lot of runners have that connection, even though even if they haven't met you personally, I'm sure you've met most of the runners. But yeah. they know your voice and yeah, they hear exactly. it in the finish shoot, and yeah, yeah they yeah. have that connection. So yeah. that's nice that Terry came to you and said, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But one thing I remember is uh, my second book. It was in Denmark, 2006, mm-hmm. when the Aussie team, because Hannah Elston, ah, oh, of course, won the sprint yeah, gold yeah. as a junior. Yeah, after Jaywalk, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She didn't won the Jaywalk gold, but she won mm-hmm. the Wok gold yeah. in Denmark in Mindeparken. Uh, I remember it so well. Yeah. And after that one, the Aussie team uh, produced uh, a song. Yeah. Per Forsberg Breakout. <laughs> have you heard it? Though? No. No, oh, you haven't heard no, it. No. Oh shit! Oh, well, maybe I have we it have in my to... computer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll put it at the end of the podcast. Or now we can yeah, spli- yeah, yeah, we can yeah, slice yeah. it in here. Yeah, exactly. We'll I do that. You yeah, will get it. You will yeah. get it. But that's very good. Very, very good. And a quite a good time. Best, I think. Oh my God. And she is so good, Simone. She is so good, sir. So... Oh my God. And now it's going. Now it's going. It's so close. It's it's phenomenal. It's really nice. Yeah. So they used my my speak voice. Yeah. And some nice music there. Yeah. I think yeah. it was Grant Blewett and the guys at okay. that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Created that Aussie one. guys, yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, a okay. nice memory for me, for me also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as I think, like your voice is so iconic and it has that ring to it that people put it into music and they oh. play it and it's just like mm. instantly recognizable oh. within the entering world. <gasps> Sounds a little strange to me. Yeah, bro. but uh, it's your voice. You've yeah, always know, had your I know, voice. I know, I know. And it's the same. I think like when I do speaking at home, and people come up and say, "How do you, how do you do it? How do you speak for three hours?" And I'm sure you've done like Tia Miller and Yuka. That's mm. longer. That's what yeah, yeah, ten yeah. hours of yeah. speaking. That's yeah, like, yeah. oh, it just comes out. Yeah, it does. Uh, it does. It just yeah, comes exactly. out of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you have to be just focused. Yeah, extremely focused mm-hmm. when you're working. Yeah, it's nothing else. No, it's just the the work.
Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Orienteering is a fantastic sport. Yeah, I think not many, because it's quite hard for non-orienteers to watch orienteering, mm. but if, as orienteer, we recognize how great it is to mm. watch. But yeah, I guess that's a challenge for you is to try and make it accessible for mm. non-orienteers. Mm. Another thing I think also have uh, helped me to uh, to do some success as a uh, success as a speaker mm -hmm. is that my English is very simple. Yeah. Because so, it's not my native native yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, language. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also very good because you guys who have, have English uh, it's not that good, but oh, it, it is quite simple. And yeah. I think it's everyone very, can very understand exactly. No matter if you're from Sweden no, or Norway exactly. or Finland or no. every, anywhere else in uh, Europe or uh, anything. No, everyone I, I speaks think it's quite English. Important. Yeah. yeah, which is good. Yeah, yeah. And my English has also improved. If I compare <laughs> with year two thousand, I don't want to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> but it must be hard speaking like in front of an audience in a, in a different language because we don't experience even. Mm -hmm. A lot of people can't even talk in front of an audience in their own language, let alone a second language. Mm -hmm. So it must be... No, that's interesting. Still. But I have learned during the years, uh, already from the beginning, that someone had picked you mm -hmm. to do this work. So do it. Yeah. That's your job. Do you understand me? Because yeah. it's so, so easy. You are there and you are supposed to talk and speak during the day and, and, and cover the co competition. Mm -hmm. They have picked you. Yeah. Nobody else. Yeah, yeah. So let's do it. So you must be really good if they picked you. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's the same as running for a national team. Exactly. Pick, you're it's, being picked to be It's there. very much the same. Yeah. yeah. It's a talent that you possess. And exactly. Someone's paying you to do it. So oh. you have yeah. confidence from that. Yeah, exactly. Much yeah. of confidence. And I think a lot of people don't have that in whatever they do. They need to, it's hard for a lot of people to build, get that confidence. Oh. But confidence is so important. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we talked, you said that your first walk in 2004, mm. and then obviously you did walk this year? Mm. No. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A walk 2004. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. your first. And you did walk this year? Uh, no. No? Not this year. No. Not, but... But I've done an international done competition years. every year, year well, since, I mean, 2000, since 2000, actually, because I have the J-Walk and European Champs also yeah. have done. But uh, so I've been all over the world really with orienteering. It's fantastic also yeah. because orienteering is so nice. I compare because I'm working as a TV commentator also. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are supposed to do a football game, for example, yeah. you go to the middle of the city in the football stadium, mm -hmm. go back to the hotel, mm -hmm. and then you fly back. Okay. But orienteering is completely different. Yeah, yeah. You come up on the countryside, mm -hmm. see some nice places. Yeah, you go to some places you'd never go to. Exactly. Yeah. And that's also fantastic with this sport. Yeah. <gasps> So I guess you've you've been to all these races. There must be a lot of highlights from over the years. Do you have any that you can pick out above the rest? Yeah, we were talking about Thierry, uh, mm -hmm. and I remember France really, really 2011. well. 2011. 2011. Yeah. yeah, it was fantastic. Nice weather and everything. He didn't he won all the um, the mm -hmm. forest disciplines. Yeah. Uh, not a sprint, but the forest disciplines, yeah. and it was fantastic with a relay win there for France. Yeah. At, last, yeah, at last, at last. 2008, it was Czech Republic when they yeah. got stung with this yeah, yeah, B or yeah. what it was. Mm -hmm. And 2010 in Norway, mm -hmm. also in command, and okay. a mistake from Thierry on the last yeah. leg, and yeah. Russia won once again. But finally, yeah. there on home soil in France, in La Fecla. Mm -hmm. They won the men's relay. It's a really, really big memory for me. Yeah, and I think there's also a YouTube clip of your of the highlight of that. And I think mm -hmm. you're with you speaking and something. Yeah. yeah, and it's really uh, it was really, really fantastic. I must mm -hmm. say. And Thierry has been uh, he's a very good friend to me. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, he's also a fantastic person, I must say, and extremely serious yeah. when he was doing orienteering. Yeah, I guess. He was really professional. Yeah? Yeah. So yeah, you, you obviously know a lot of the, the top runners yeah, from over the times. Yeah. Do you think Terry stands out among the rest, for, at least for men? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Even, uh, even yeah, like in my opinion, he, he does. You have like Daniel Hubman, maybe. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, they're Cup, extremely but... professional also, but yeah. Thierry was something else. And yeah. he, he also, he really tried to find his own way to attack the courses, mm -hmm. uh, which was very, very interesting. Coming from France, not yeah. the biggest Oriental nation, and he had this confidence and everything and show everybody that I'm the best. Yeah. I think it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's a big sportsman. Yeah. What about women? Can you go past Simone Nigli? No. <laughs> Simone is also fantastic. Yeah. Really fantastic and uh, also a fantastic person. All orienteers are fantastic yeah. persons. I think we're very lucky <laughs> that we have a sport where people are oh. they're very serious in the race, but outside of the racing, everyone is really good friends. You oh. don't have any conflict. No, not at all. I would Whereas, say. yeah, a lot of other sports like maybe athletics or mm. other football or whatever, yeah. people hate each other. Yeah, 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 uh, definitely. Yeah, but Simone, yeah, 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 of course. But, mm -hmm. but now we have two wheels, so. Mm, two very different persons, yeah. but both very professional. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe even um, Simone Ebersole coming through. Yeah. Already so young and so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she will. I, I think she next year. Yeah. I think too, we'll have to. <laughs> watch out. Watch out, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Maybe we talk a bit about Tove and her almost perfect season mm. this year. Mm. One race yeah. off. What do you think? Pretty, oh. pretty historic. Oh yeah, definitely. She she's better than Simone in that matter. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Simone won all about uh, except from two one season. Yeah, and this was one half and two. So she's better in in that matter. But I, I, it, it's very hard to compare them. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think, think Simone was a better sprint orienteer than okay. Tove yeah. is. Maybe she can be even yeah. better. Maybe now with the focus next year for a sprint walk. Ah, definitely. Will, I, she'll I, I, improve. We will definitely be one of the big favorites yeah. uh, there in Denmark. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what my arm can do. Mm. Obviously, mm. do you know much about her running with going for Tokyo? And yeah, exactly. She, she's trying, she's trying uh, to uh, be qualified mm -hmm. for the 5000 in, in Tokyo, but yeah. uh, not, no success so far. She needs to do 1521, I think the, the time is. Okay. she needs to do but she's not there uh, yet so it's a big question mark actually mm -hmm. if she will try to do it in the spring mm -hmm. to qualify for tokyo yeah uh, and if so it will be very tough for maya to be competitive game, yeah, yeah i think so in you have to do you have some experience map. of course but mm? you can run she'll be running really fast oh yeah, yeah definitely maybe time with the map is lacking and yeah, but you need to prepare also for for the sprint in denmark Mm. But I really hope that we can see Maya on, on, on the start next year in Denmark. Yeah. It would be great also for the competition Yeah, with Maya on the in big Denmark, star. Yeah. Really, I think star. she's quite like a name in Denmark. Yeah, yeah she is. Yeah, 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 she is. Whereas like orienteering, you don't really have that too much. Oh, no, no. Maybe. She has been nominated in Denmark for quite many years yeah, for the yeah. best sportswoman in, yeah, the, exactly. in, in the country. So it's nice to have that sort of showing at home. Yeah. And it's the same with the Chinese athletes here. Oh. To be able to showcase them and have Definitely. them on yeah. the podium as well. Mm. Makes it, uh, it's good to help grow the sport, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. What about the split of walk now, forest and sprint? What do you think? Do you think it will change the sport very much? Mm, no. No? Uh, I don't like it. Uh, you don't like it? No. Uh, I like the, the, the former walk week with mm -hmm. both sprint and forest. Okay. Uh, Maybe a controversial opinion. 
Mm, no. Or no. Compare diary. Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but uh, no, I think it's a little bit too short. Three competitions. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I liked the concept with have the find the, maybe the best all round orienteer. Mm -hmm. I know for the men it was tough to, to run everything. Yeah. Uh, Daniel did it, oh, except from the sprint relay, he mm -hmm. didn't run, but anyway, he ran sprint and forest and could also take a medal in all distances. Mm -hmm. Uh, but now it is how it is. It is how it is. Yeah. So I think give it some years and it, it, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Do you think you'll see athletes take like an off year? Mm. Maybe like like uh, like Yannick or Tim. To, like I know Tim this year didn't focus too much on walk and no. was just he's having a, he had a big year last year focusing mm. and do you think that will be more common or no. do you think athletes will make the switch? Yeah, I I think so. I think so definitely. Yeah. Uh, but we have the European champs also. Yeah, the course. European champs is forest the sprint year for walk mm -hmm. and reverse uh, the other years. But uh, so I think it will be not maybe not more specialists. I don't think so. But from now on to Denmark, many people will now prepare really prepare for a sprint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we knew also that Olav, Lundanes and Magne Dahl in Norway, they will not run the walk in Denmark, okay, yeah. focused already now on Estonia. No, no, on Estonia. Oh, Estonia. The European champs. Oh, of course, yeah. In the end of August. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sense. you will see that. So that I means guess. all big stars will not be present in Denmark. Mm. And that's also a pity. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Because you yeah, not attract as much sponsorship no, money exactly. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the downside, I think, of this split. Yeah. Well, okay, so you've seen you started back in 95 or mm. whatever with and now seeing orienteering come up to 2019 moving into 2020 mm. What do you think are the biggest changes that you've seen in the sport? During the years. Yeah, mm. or at least the most important changes. Yeah, one thing is that uh, You elite runners are so much faster nowadays <laughs> uh, Even though I mean Go back to, to my country Sweden and Jorgen Mortensen for example mm -hmm. He was really, really fast also. But yeah. the big difference now is the maps are so much better. Yeah. The maps are really, really good nowadays, mm -hmm. both for sprint and, and forest, which means that you can have a high speed, I believe. Mm. It's also so many. I mean, the top is wider. Yeah. Definitely wider, especially yeah. in the men. Much more competitive. Oh, much more. Yeah, and you see, I think, a lot more people on the podium now, like different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Podiums. It's so nice to see. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I different countries say. as well, more and more and more. Yeah. We saw Belgium now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, New Zealand as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we saw was it the middle of the sprint here in China, the World Cup. It was six. Yeah. Women, three best men, three best women. It was six, six different, different countries. Yeah. It's fantastic. Been a while since that happened. No, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's very good for our sport, mm -hmm. I must say. Yeah, but going going back to what you said about. Elites being better now. Do you remember Alistair Landels from New Zealand? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe he th he likes to think. He that was running for Stora 2 now. Was in he? In Sweden, I believe. Okay. Yeah. He was living in Stockholm for a while. Oh. We visited his house. Yeah. But he likes to think that he's better than like Matt Ogden, for example. Do you think you could make a comparison? A uh, fair comparison? I think it's very, very hard to do that. Yeah. Uh, he always comments because we have like a okay, New Zealand training okay. group, and he yeah. always comments how he would be better. <laughs> no, I can't compare it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, no, it's very very hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Tough to make. Yeah. Okay, so. I think I'll pass one to that one. <laughs> so maybe we can talk a bit more about how you prepare for a competition. Obviously, mm -hmm. like an athlete prepares in training, you probably mm -hmm. do your same preparation. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. leaning into walk, what is your process 
of things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have a contract with Denmark next year, mm -hmm. 2000 uh, or 2020, uh, for the sprint walk, and I've been there uh, already two times. Mm -hmm. Because I'm also helping them with the arenas, the layout, okay. yeah. because uh, I have the same experience there. Yeah. Uh, and also good for me as the commentator or speaker on site yeah, to, be able uh, to, to see how it will work, everything. Yeah. And of course that's what you're calling, is what you can say. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing of, of my preparations. Mm -hmm. But the other side is to, to be prepared for, for the competitions. And um, I'm, I'm a professional in this uh, profession. And uh, so that means I'm, I'm living with this really. Mm -hmm. um, I'm reading a lot. I'm not writing that that much. I don't have any notes with me, never. Mm. Uh, so I'm working from my own hard disk in my head. Yeah. Uh, good memory mm -hmm. and uh, recognize people very very easily. Uh, so, but the week before book, I'm updating myself. Yeah. Reading a lot and checking. Mm -hmm. I have my own questions in my head. Who was it? What third there? And I check it, and then okay. Ah, like like preparing for an exam. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. It's the same for me. Yeah. 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 So I uh, really on my toes that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you just know off everything straight away. Yeah. Like, this person has this uh, exactly. result at the last World exactly. Cup. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. how I work in my, my my brain. It's very very difficult to to explain. But yeah. When I turn on turn on the microphone, it's just a switch in my head. Also, that is my yeah. part of the brain with the orienteering. So maybe if <laughs> I if I if I did a little test for you now. Tommy Hayes, mm. uh, he was silver medalist at Jaywalk 2017, mm. but you were calling in Switzerland 2016 at Jaywalk. Mm. Do you remember where Tommy was placed? Mm, uh, fifth. Tommy? Uh, eighth. Eighth, okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was close, but yeah, it was. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. But eighth. do you remember where he yeah, was? Yeah, we had all won. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was Tommy was leading through the run through. Oh, do you remember? Ah, uh, correct, yeah. correct. It was that I remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that park section with uh, mm -hmm. all the these fences, uh, fences yeah, 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 artificial fences mm -hmm. in, yeah. in the park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty good. Eighth, fifth, yeah. ah, not eighth too far off. Ah, okay, top yeah. ten at least. Ah, yeah. yeah, top ten it was. Yeah, I remember good. that one. Yeah, and so. I guess you know all of this about orienteering because you are an orienteer at heart. But mm. what happens when you go to call for a football game mm. or for another sport? Uh, it's very much similar? the same. Uh, very much the same. I'm, uh, I'm checking the results every day. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, when I'm going to work to do a football match, uh, mm -hmm. nine out of ten matches I do as a commentator is off tube. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in Stockholm, yeah. uh, watching the TV screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the very same picture as the viewers. Uh, so also two hours before the game, I'm go, uh, mm -hmm. reading and updating myself. Yeah, and then just go for it. Is uh, you said orienteering? Is orienteering your favorite sport? Yeah, sport? definitely. What yeah. about what after orienteering? What's your uh, next? I would say cross country skiing. Okay, definitely. Just because it's tight racing. Or? Yeah, tight racing, but I also done it by myself. Yeah. And orienteering, cross-country skiing is also quite common mix in Sweden. Mm -hmm. Summertime orienteering and the wintertime you go for cross-country skiing. Yeah, yeah. And we are close to Norway, you know, and we mm -hmm. have snow in the winter. Mm -hmm. Not all over the country, but we have, we have snow. Yeah. So and also big tradition and it's very popular in Sweden with cross-country skiing. Yeah. So that's one of my best memories as a TV commentator was from the Olympics 2014 in Sochi in Russia. Okay. There was a TV commentator, yeah. cross-country skiing, and Sweden won 11 medals, the best winter Olympic ever for mm -hmm. the cross-country skiing team. Yeah. And it was fantastic. And we had, 
ratings 3.2 million people watched the relay for men and women and Sweden won gold in both disciplines wow. in Sochi. Yeah, that's like, what's, that the, what's the population of Sweden? 8 million? 10. 10 million, 10 so like right 30% of oh, the population. Yeah, that's very, very much. Yeah, it's like to be the, same, the same amount of New Zealanders that would watch the Rugby World Cup final. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> probably, maybe more, but yeah. not this year, of course. But they lost it. Yeah. I don't lost this we don't, year. We don't, we, don't, we don't talk about that. No, exactly. No. No. Uh, is there any sports that you would like to commentate in the future? A done. lot of sports. But what? What? Yeah. Anything that you want to do more of? Uh, yeah, I want to do more cross country skiing because mm -hmm. we, we 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 had rights in Sweden for the Olympics in Sochi and Rio de Janeiro, okay. 16 in the summer. Uh, but since then we have lost the rights. So it's another TV house okay. who had the rights right now in Sweden. So mm -hmm. we will not do the Olympics for the next four Olympics. Uh, but we have bought the rights for the World Cup and the World Champs in cross country skiing. Ah, okay. So it starts in less than two years in autumn 21 mm -hmm. or the winter 21. So then you'll be doing. So I will. I hope I will do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so obviously uh, these are all professional sports, elite athletes, and then you also commentate for Oringen, which is a lot of non-elite athletes. Mm. How does that? How do you prepare and do that kind of commentary instead? Oringen is, is very, very different and very yeah. special also. It's very long days, uh, of course, but as you say, uh, we, we, I have to cope with both the young people, the older people and the elite runners and everything. And that's, I, I think, I think I've done it really, really good because I'm quite popular at all, in all ages, mm -hmm. really. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the recipe for, for my success in O-Ring and they, they, they can listen to me, everybody. And no they, matter and what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. But, <laughs> but we're also focusing a lot on the youth, yeah. uh, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old mm -hmm. during the days. So yeah. not only elite runners, yeah. also the youth runners and also very, very, very uh, popular. Mm -hmm. They like it a lot. And then we have, they have also running this radio station for Oh, of course, yeah, Radio Radio. Radio Ringen, exactly, since 2003. Mm -hmm. It was my idea from the beginning and now it's, ah, no, it's really, really good. And yeah. uh, I don't think you can organize O-Ringen without Radio Ringen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now you have podcasts as well. Oh, or, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, since 2013, actually. Okay. So it's six years now. Yeah. And I publish two podcasts per month. Right. Yeah. Ah, all through the year. Yeah. Ah, nice. Yeah. That's cool. That uh, is really good. Nice also to... To meet the runners, mm -hmm. and, the and you do runners from all like not yeah. just elites, yeah, yeah. all ages. Now we've done four recordings here. Okay, you're this day, yeah. this weeks here in China. Yeah, so it's very good. How do you find talking to people of like some people aren't as talkative as maybe you and I? Like it's mm -hmm. a bit harder to get them to come out, and the same with the interview after a race or something. Do you struggle some people? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you are very different. All, all runners are very yeah. different. Uh, Do you have so any tricks that you use to get people to talk? Not, not really. Uh, not, no tricks, I would say. Yeah. But I think I, I knew the runners pretty well after all these years. Mm -hmm. uh, and some runners are easier to talk to than others. But it's the same in all sports, I can tell you. Yeah. But I think the orienteers are more... Maybe maybe it's bad to say, but they are more intelligent than many other sports. I would mm. say. I think a lot of people know that as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. Care. Yeah, 
Uh, you because have to be in, smart to be able to read a map. Yeah, because in, in some team sports, it's not that easy <laughs> to talk to people at all. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so maybe coming back to we talked a bit about how um, trying to get the like orienteering competitions on TV, like your walk. How do you think the media, the coverage of the races has changed, and what else can we do to improve? The spectating of races like mm. through TV. I think we offer quite good quality nowadays for TV production from mm. orienteering. Uh, Vok have done a lot of development, but also Team Mila, which I'm working quite close with uh, every year, and we are now looking for how how can we how can we get it even better. Uh, and now we are talking about to putting cameras on the runners and such mm, things. Really? To be really in the group and, yeah. and no cameraman who is disturbing also, which we heard quite a lot okay. now from this, this year's team, Mila, mm -hmm. uh, and such things. But we have a really good toolbox in orienteering when it comes to TV. We have the GPS, we have live pictures from the terrain, and we have these graphics with the time and the mm -hmm. running and the difference and everything. We, we have everything, I would say. And we have also these two dimensions of a sport, which is also the uh, success for uh, biathlon, mm -hmm. both cross-country skiing and the shooting. Yeah. And here we have the running and you have to run yeah. the right way also. So See. it's really nice with the two dimension sports. Mm -hmm. I, I really like them. So I think we have everything. So maybe not in our hand, okay. but I think also the International Orientation Federation, IOF needs to be more, uh, not aggressive, but more offensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, to help also the federations to to approach the the, uh, the TV channels. Yeah, and maybe as a, a, cha a case of getting more sponsorship money in. Definitely, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to get things on TV, you need to have ads around that. Yeah, but so, that goes hand in hand, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you need to. As more TV time you have, more sponsor uh, money, yeah. and we need really need some more sponsors because mm. the price money in orienteering. It's very it, sad. How many? How many do you think orienteers there are full time, like able to do it full time only from oh, not sponsorship? And they are not that many. In Sweden, we have maybe a handful, yeah. oh, maximum, maximum two ways one definitely. Yeah, uh, making not that big money. No, 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 no. Not not the football life or no, but I, I know it's not even. It's a not handful. for them. No, yeah. no, it isn't in Sweden. And in Switzerland, maybe a few. Switzerland, Daniel is one. Yeah. Uh, definitely Matthias also. Yeah. Uh, keyboards, uh, Simona maybe also, and they have some help also from their Finnish clubs and Norwegian club in Matthias' yeah, case. And a lot of them are studying and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. still half, half, half. Yeah, yeah. But the clubs half. are also really, really important. I think the clubs as a lot of, especially for maybe Swiss runners have some good sponsorships, but yeah. the like Nordic clubs are really the one of the main reasons that people get money. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so. Do you think? that model is sustainable, the club instead of commercial Your, sponsors? Yeah, I think so. I, I, think, I yeah. think it's good, yeah, uh, in many aspects, because the federations are also very, very poor. Yeah. I mean, both the Swedish and the Norwegian, Finnish, I don't really know, but the Swedish and, federation, and Norwegian federations, They're poor. They, they are poor. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't think that coming from... No, Zealand. exactly. You, you think so, but it is not the, that okay. case. No, but no, does it isn't the case. the Swedish Federation organizes Oringen? Mm. Do they take money from that or...? Yeah, they, they don't organize it. Oringen is organized, yeah. it, but Swedish Federation is the owner of right. Oringen. So they get some money uh, every year. Uh, but not, it's just not enough? 
obviously. No, 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 no. It's not enough. They get approximately two hundred thousand euros okay. from Oringen, from the profit from Oringen, yeah. and then organizing clubs get the most, okay. which is right yeah, in yeah, my yeah. eyes. So. Uh, and then the clubs should, in theory, feed that back to their runners. Yeah. Yeah. But the clubs are also local, locally based, mm -hmm. and it's easier for them to bring some sponsors to the to their uh, to the clubs. Yeah. And then also, in some places you have this very very strong persons also mm -hmm. who can find sponsors and also like to have great teams and such yeah. like in Kove in yeah, Tampere, yeah. for example. Yeah, we've seen Tim Robertson yeah. get some money from Yeah, exactly. Kove. Yeah, and but it's fine. Yeah, I don't have any problem with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think great. it's similar maybe to the cycling, like pro cycling, yep. with the teams there. Yep. Um, but they also struggle a lot. Teams fold all the time. Mm. Um, but they're very commercial, like all about sponsors and yep. money coming through, as opposed to individual sponsors. Mm. Like very few cyclists have their own individual sponsors yep. where they make most of their money. Mm. And maybe that's the same in orienteering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the runners, Tove for example, she has some uh, yeah. individual sponsors, yeah, of yeah. course. And Daniel and... And Dani, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think to make the elite level of the sport grow, obviously, needs more money. Mm. So we yeah. need to, they need to find somewhere to get that. Yeah. And I think raising the profile of orienteering in the media and in, on TV is probably mm. the way that's going to happen. Mm. Because the price one is... No, yeah. it's a joke. I mean, we have prize money here at PUT, and yeah. it's one of the few competitions in the exactly. year. Exactly. I think, is Oringen maybe the biggest prize yeah, money? Yeah, definitely, yeah. For the overall win, you get uh, 80,000 Swedish crowns, which is yeah. approximately 8,000 euros. Yeah, which is approximately 10,000 New Zealand dollars. Oh, oh. Yeah, so yeah. not that much. No, no, no. Like a quarter of, a, well, maybe a, yeah, a third of a good salary for yeah. a year. Yeah. Which, yeah. I guess if you have that plus... Sponsorship money plus club money, mm. you could do, and maybe a little bit of federation mm. money, mm. but mm. for New Zealand orienteer, that's never going to happen because no, unless you're based in Europe, like Tim, and even then he still has to study and no. rely on other mm. means of income. So, but at this, but at the same time, when the, you don't have this big money in this sport, no, and we are we are also a non-Olympic sport, yeah, yeah, which means we are clean. Mm -hmm. When it comes to doping. Yeah, of course. That's and another that's, topic we can talk about. That's also very interesting, I believe. Yeah, I think... And it's so so nice also with mm -hmm. a clean sport, which I yeah. believe it is. It yeah. is a clean sport. Yeah. Well, we have never... Have have you ever seen a case of doping? Yeah, we have had one in Sweden back in early 90s. But okay. it was this for the nose, Nesseril. Okay. Uh, so it it was not doping. Not real. Not EPO no. or... No, 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 no. Steroids. No, no, no. Not no. cycling doping. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's like I was talking to Warren Key because he's a really big pusher of trying to monetize the sport as well. And he said orienteering is such a good, like it's such a safe sport to put your brand behind because there's never going to be a controversy no. about, you know, doping or something. Mm. But then we just saw in China with the World Military Games, mm. the controversy there. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? And is that going to happen ever again in Europe? Uh, last question, no. No? No, it will never happen in Europe. Mm -hmm. No, not a chance. I mean, the military games, that cheating, uh, and it's also proved mm -hmm. it was cheating there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was really, really bad. It was, I, I can't understand how, mm. how, 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 how did they think. But even that. the way that they cheated was so obvious. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. But, but then it was also a lot of talk after the, the last sprint, yeah, yeah. the World Cup. With the Chinese, how who mm -hmm. won the women race, and uh, 
Lee, who was third in the men's race. Yeah. Uh, also a big discussion. I think there's a quite divided online and on World of O and the other channels about yeah. whether he they did or not. Yeah. And but in that case, we don't have any proof. Proof, yeah. No, not at all. We need, uh, I think, uh, we need, we need a kind of a whistleblower yeah. from the Chinese team. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I if, think so. Yeah. That's the only way it's gonna. It's not like we can drug test them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I don't think that. I mean, they are good runners. Yeah. No problem. Physically, they are good. How we knew it, she's yeah. good. She's, she's had good. Top ten at walk. Yeah, ten past. years ago. Yeah, so yeah, some yeah. years ago. But anyway, she can run, and you can see in when she in in action also. Mm -hmm. She is she's good. Yeah, she's good. Definitely. Do you think we'll ever see some Chinese results in Europe? I Again? hope so. I, I hope, hope so. so. To back it up. Oh, I um, hope so. Yeah. I really hope so. Maybe with the sprint walk, because oh. the sprint, same sprint is so much more accessible. We've seen it from Australia and New mm. Zealand as well. Mm. Maybe we'll see at sprint walk now the mm. uh, other runners coming to the fall. No. Oh. Yeah. So in Denmark next year, it's interest, also interesting to see uh, uh, because China should be able to put quite strong team in a sprint yeah. relay. Yeah, of course. On yeah. Well, I mean, we saw uh, even at the first radio yeah. in the sprint, like first five people exactly. were Chinese yeah, yeah, yeah. and the men's and um, yeah. Um, yeah the women's as well so yeah. if they can it seems more like a problem of fitness rather mm. than map reading yeah. and that terrain is amongst the most tricky mm. in the world mm. so maybe if they can put it together mm. um, and do the maybe if they need to spend more time in Europe in that kind of terrain because if they only run in Chinese terrain then you're only going to be good in that kind oh, of terrain yeah. so maybe they need to spend more time and but I guess it depends whether they get the funding and because I heard because obviously we have the funding now or China has the funding now mm. to put these races on and to do the parkour tour yeah. as well. Yeah. But that might not last forever. But but it'd be nice if it did. Mm. It'd be nice. But it's good also that uh, IOF will investigate this competition also. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They will. Yeah, yeah. They both will and, and must. I must say. Yeah. Because it it was really sensational. Mm -hmm with uh, a Chinese win and a man in the third place uh, in the World Cup event. Uh, so it's good that they investigate it. But also that the Chinese is it, another culture here, definitely. Mm -hmm. And they have another uh, side on ethic and morale, I, I think also. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's not that easy mm -hmm. to understand them, mm -hmm. how, they, how they are thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard, and with the language barrier and oh. every the culture barrier, like oh, yeah. you said, so yeah. it could be tough. Yeah. I think it's we've been very lucky, like we said before, that no one has tried to dope in the past no. from Europe or in the big competitions. But mm. maybe if more money is introduced to the sport, it will cause that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like it did in. Yeah, it's a risk. Definitely. It's definitely a risk. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But maybe for the survival of the sport, or at least the growth mm. that needs to happen. Mm. Yeah. So maybe we talk about the future of the sport, where you see it going, at least in the elite level. We saw, yeah, we talked a little bit, but I think the IOF is really pushing for the Olympic Games. Mm. Do you think that's a wise move at the moment, or mm, no, uh, no, no? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I have never thought it was realistic. Okay. Because it will never happen. Never. Never. Okay. I well, don't think so. Why? What's your... No, because we are, we are not that commercial. Mm -hmm. I think so. The the main reason, really. I think yeah. Like personally, I think the Olympic Games is all about money. That's, yeah, it that's is. Why it yeah. exists. And we are not that commercial. No. Our sport. Yeah. It's Which is, as you said, also maybe good yeah. in some points for the fairness of the sport. At yeah, least, yeah, know? exactly. So, mm. uh, 
No, I don't. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vision of to be to mm-hmm. become an Olympic sport. Do you think it's just uh, like a um, pride thing, like no. for the IOF to say yeah, we're I in think the Olympics? So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. And I think we can be maybe not happy, but we, we can stay in the World Games. Yeah, that's fine because it's the World Games is very important to quite many countries, especially the former Eastern Europe countries, such as Poland, Ukraine, Russia, Mm -hmm. Bulgaria. World Games is very, very important Mm. to get money to the Oriental Federation in these countries. Yeah, because the New Zealand is like the bottom of the list. Yeah, exactly. It's the same as Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit strange. Yeah. yeah. For for them, it's much more important to win World Games compared with Vogue. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm, it's very interesting. Yeah. So therefore, uh, I think what games is important uh, for orienteering. Yeah. Yeah. To stay there. Mm. But Olympics, not so much. No. What about the progression? Like we talked a little bit about like walk splitting, and do you think with how do we progress the World Cup further and to what where do you see that going in the future? Mm. There are some ideas. I mean, persons have been working for this for. Quite many years, Matthias Matthias Nigli, for, uh, okay, especially yeah. in uh, Switzerland. Yeah. So they are working on, on on this World Cup program and has been doing this for quite many years, mm-hmm. but not that much is happening uh, still, and it's very very hard because uh, the big nations and the strong nations somehow also Sweden, Norway, Finland, Switzerland. We have also the competitions in our country mm-hmm. with the Swedish champs and the Swedish yeah. league in Sweden, for example. We have the the normal races also yeah. all, all over the year. So it's very hard to fit into a program, program also because and the elite runners can't run everything. No, it's yeah. impossible. Yeah. And I think you can't prepare for everything as well. No. Because it's different terrains, different exactly. things. Exactly. So. Yeah. And you don't have the money for, for the pre-camps and everything no, to, yeah. to be prepared for, yeah. for everything. Mm. It's impossible. So I think we have to stick with a little bit less big competitions, I believe. Yeah. I think it's quite or important. Or maybe make them more, maybe the importance of them will be... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, correct. What about private companies like Parko Tour and Oringen? That's not so private, but mm. yeah, like what about the importance of those? Do you think they should be doing it? Like there should be more coming or do you think we should leave it with the IOF? Uh, I think if you start with Oringen, Oringen is, is strong itself. Mm-hmm. So uh, Oringen don't need the World Cup no, at yeah, all. Of no, no. But so, for, the, because we for have, the sport, I guess. Yeah, for the sport, it's very important. Yeah. It's the biggest orienteering event we have in the world. Yeah. So we have approximately 90,000 starts during this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the biggest prize money, as you said earlier, yeah. also. So for the elite runners, it's also in, very important to run this if you want to earn some money. Yeah. Uh, so Oringen is strong and will stay strong also, I believe, because looks very bright in the future also very mm-hmm. nice areas and uh, and it, they are making profit every year yeah. the organizing clubs and the it's federation a profitable, and profitable model yeah 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 definitely so and since it became a company 2014 was okay. the first year as a company right. stock company yeah, yeah. in sweden oh like a listed company yeah oh, uh, oh. not listed but it is an uh, oh, like a privately listed. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. private company yeah. Uh, not stock company private yeah, company yeah, yeah. Uh, since then it developed a lot so now it's a really good good company it's run like a business not, yeah, a, it does. not yeah. a federation yeah yeah, yeah. definitely so i think o-ring is fine yeah. pwt is another story because yeah. pwt is is not that big anymore mm-hmm. they have some 
something in Italy, which is a club more or less. Yeah. Uh, and now in China, PWT is a corporation with this Beijing company, Learn Joy, mm -hmm. to make some competitions here and uh, for uh, for the runners also. Uh, a nice trip to come to China, of course, yeah. and also making some money for some of them. Yeah. So I think it's fantastic. It has its, has its place. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's open for everyone. Mm -hmm. So just uh, enter. <laughs> just come. Or get you can maybe you need an invitation. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but maybe they will make it so it's like more not just elites can come and they have because they yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. Went, we went to the Chongqing city orienteering race with thirty thousand people or oh, something. Yeah. Maybe we can have some oh, Europeans come yeah. and race outside of Europe. Yeah. There and was some in Guangzhou, in conjunction yes. with the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fushan yeah. and Guangzhou. Mm -hmm. It was some Europeans and maybe from Australia and New Zealand also, I don't yeah. know, but it was some, not that many, but it was a quite big group from Czech Republic, I know, and mm. also from Norway. Okay. So they were also running some small competitions. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's hard for Europe, like we, as New Zealand and Australia, we come to Europe every year, like I came for two months this year. Yeah. Every July we're in Europe and it's 2,000 New Zealand dollars or 1,500 euro to mm. come every year for flights and yeah. accommodation. Yeah. It's a big outlay for us, but... For us to try and get Europeans to the other side, it's really hard. Oh. Like they're like, oh no no, it's too mm, far. I know, I know. So we try like with our competitions from the bay, we're trying right. to get as many European runners to come as we can. Yep. We're trying to grow it, but it's it's hard, and we need to yeah find a way to get that get people over that hump mm. of mm. of getting over here. But you need a World Cup or VOC. Yeah, but then then people come. But yeah, exactly. That's hard. To, we had a World Cup 2013. 13 it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we had some people, like, we had a lot of elites come, but not so many mm. other runners. And we had World Masters in 2017, mm. and we got a lot of runners to come, which was good. Mm. But we need more events like that. Yeah. Um, it's a, we had New Zealand bidded for Jaywalk 2023. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get it. We mm. lost to Romania. But, yeah, I think we need more. And Australia bid in 20... Or they wanted to bid in 2021, I think. Okay. But they didn't. No, um, no. But maybe the resources behind these bids aren't enough, um, coming from the federations. Um, so maybe pushing more for that would mm. be really good mm. to see. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we'll finish with you've seen over the years the likes of Terry, the likes of Simona, uh, Simone Nigley. What lessons do you think you've learned and that you could pass on from these great runners? Not necessarily like how to be a good orienteer, but just life lessons from these guys and girls. Hmm. That's a good question. But um, you said maybe like Terry is so serious about what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extremely professional, but yeah. also Simona, uh, Simone mm -hmm. was also extremely professional. Uh, I mean, Thierry is now a coach for the Swedish team, mm -hmm. with uh, responsible for the technical parts, and he. Um, I mean, the runners really listen to him. Yeah, I know the respect it. is opinion. Big respect. Yeah, because he is the best in their eyes. Mm -hmm. He knows what he's talking. It's hard about. for a runner to. Not all runners are good coaches, though. No, exactly. Yeah. But Thierry, uh, no, he he really shows how, mm -hmm. how you should do it, and uh, he's a very popular coach yeah. in the Swedish team. But once again, they are really nice persons, mm -hmm. and that's what I like most with them. Yeah. They are so kind and so. No. Normal persons, really. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe that again comes back to the fact that orienteering is not oh. this scar. No, you're not, you're exactly. not a star. You're not 
you know, oh, people are so. asking you for pictures every time, unless oh. you come to China. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, but I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and what's next for you? Obviously, you probably want to keep speaking at Orienteering forever until you die. Oh, I hope so. Is that the goal? I hope so, but uh, some more years, definitely. So I've uh, quite many jobs already uh, lined until, up yeah lined up exactly yeah. until 2023 20, at least okay. uh, walking Switzerland already but I have almost I'm almost fully booked next year 2020 really? with the TV commentator speak jobs and also some mapping works ah okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so any anything that you just have you like a dream or have you fulfilled all your dreams? Uh, I think I have fulfilled my, my dreams really? yeah I think so uh, I've done I mean, I have been to the Olympics and uh, you can't get any higher than that in, yeah. in my business as a TV commentator and I have done everything in orienteering, so no, not really. So if you've fulfilled your dreams, then what is your advice to other people on how to fulfill their own dream? Be yourself. Be yourself. Oh, yeah. don't copy anyone, as I said earlier. Yeah. It's be yourself. It's so important mm -hmm. and trust in you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to say to the Spring Bay audience? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. This is one dream mm -hmm. to come to New Zealand, Australia, to become a speaker anytime. Yeah. Come to Sprint the Bay and yeah, be a speaker. Like to tick that box. You can come to our competition. And yeah, speak. yeah, of course. Yeah, I need maybe, to do it We can't give you the big paychecks because well. I have that also uh, on my list because I have been to Australia and the Sydney Olympics to pass, but I've yeah. never been to New Zealand, oh, so I must so go place. there. I must go there. Jan end of January. End of January. January. You Next can, year. You can come, yeah. Next year already. Okay, let's see. See how busy your calendar is. You might have some cross-country skiing. Yeah, but I will come. I will yeah, come. Definitely. Will come. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, super. Thank you, Devon. Thank you, Pierre. Great to have you on. Yeah.